Chenault, right? That's how you say your last name? Uh, sure. Yeah. It's pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, I think that's the way that I've pronounced it okay. the majority of my life. So I think you're right on. I, I think uh, it's, you know, pr the proper pronunciation of it would probably be Chanel. Chanel. Without the T. Gotcha. Uh, but I, uh, but, uh, you know, my entire life I've been pronouncing it Chanel. Chanel. So, so it's like a French, I guess. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah, right, cool. totally. Yeah, very, very French last name. So it's, it's funny to, um, to even try and pronounce it the proper way, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but the way that I think about it now is if like Stephen Colbert were to call himself Stephen Colbert. Good comparison. I am here with Kevin Chanal from Blackstrap Media, and he is the filmmaker behind Lottie, which is the film we're showing tonight at Unscripted. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Wes. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem at all. So you've shown before in Unscripted, we showed the music video you made for Thunder Dreamer, I guess a couple of years ago. That's right. But at the time, I don't think we were doing the podcast as regularly, so you've never been on before. Let's give our listeners a brief bio of yourself and talk about your business, what you do uh, day to day. Day to day, uh, I'm the owner and creative director at Blackstrap Media, which is a, an advertising agency in Evansville. And we, yeah, we work with clients and brands to, uh, you know, anything from create their social media strategies to build websites for them to produce video content um, and, uh, and to also create their brand as well. So we do some logo creation and things like that. So that's been um that's been a, a a business that that kind of formed out of uh producing independent films and and that kind of the the commercial side of it kind of grew out of it's like the promotional aspect and yeah yeah it, it 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 was i think it it really happened because like the real story about it is my my wife then girlfriend uh was tired of hearing me complain <laughs> and uh, and I was complaining a lot about like uh not having money for films and and all that I really wanted to do was to make make video content and make movies and and music videos and and I had a lot of ideas but uh but no time or money to do it and the way that you know I had made the films previously uh was like collecting a group of friends saving up money uh, and then making it them on the weekends or if I were lucky enough to take off like a few weeks from work and then make it over that few week period or quit my job and then make it and then try and get a new job yeah. once uh, shooting was over. But that was, that was kind of the way that it started was that kind of, you know, uh, paycheck to paycheck filmmaking. And then I was complaining a lot about it. And Emily eventually just said, you know, why don't you create a company to where you're producing video content or commercials for businesses? Uh, yeah, that's that that works, and that's sharpening your skills, and you're learning how to tell a story. I, I feel like yeah. commercials really make 
like when you start commercials, it makes really good directors because you're getting your point across and you're being concise about it. So you don't have needless things. I think you're right on. Yeah, I think you're right on. I wish that I, I wish that I reacted that way whenever Emily told me <laughs> that I should do <laughs> that. I, that we sh- that I should uh, create a company and do it uh, commercially because my my real response and reaction was, oh, you don't know anything about <laughs> filmmaking. It's right. it's totally different working in commercials yeah. uh, compared to making films. And then I probably pouted off and, <laughs> and, uh, and then I came back to it, you know, a few weeks later and realized, oh my God, she's so right. <laughs> I, basically my entire life, adult life, since I met Emily has just been kind of like, uh, her telling me to do the right thing, mm-hmm. me like refusing to do it. And then realizing a few days later that she's totally right and do exactly what she just <laughs> told me to do. Right. And like, that's, I think conciseness is something that movies are really lacking these days so many movies are like two and a half to three hours long it's like that's not necessary um this is kind of a tangent but i just saw the new marvel movie the avengers affinity war last night it's almost two and a half hours long it's probably pushing like 240 but it's the first marvel movie that felt like it needed to be that long because so much stuff was jammed into it i didn't at one time feel bored or anything but there have been other marvel movies that have been about that same length and it's like why is this this long so I, th- I think conciseness is very important in filmmaking for sure. Uh, no, no spoilers, please. Oh yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Right. I'm going to see it tomorrow right. morning. No, so. no, no, no worries. No, <laughs> no, don't, no, no, no worries, listeners. I, I, I won't <laughs> discuss specifics. I will just say though, it's it's. Don't be intimidated by the fact that it's longer, a little longer than most Marvel movies. It's it definitely warrants that length. So can I ask you a question about mm-hmm. that? So, wh- um, I, whenever I go to see films, I think that um, it's it's rare for me to uh, I, I usually want to see more mm-hmm. I, i'm usually like once a film ends i'm like oh shit really that's it like yeah. i want to see more of that i, w- I want to live in that world for another few hours or, yeah. or days even like i, I think it what, depends on your... the movie. i think it depends on the movie i think like marvel movies just i, I don't want to cause any uh people any any anger but some, <laughs> sometimes careful, some, sometimes the stories aren't you know they, they don't warrant that length. I think as long as, you know, there's enough story there, uh, then that's great. But if it's just like dragging out to meet a certain time, like the, then I, I'm not so much into it, but I don't mind longer movies as long as, you know, there's a story to tell for sure. Yeah. I, I think that I, I, I think that's why I love TV so much mm-hmm. now is because, or, I mean, it's, it's silly to even call it TV, really just right. Netflix, sure. honestly, and, and some Hulu and, but mainly Netflix mm-hmm. and, um, uh, I think that in a little bit of Amazon prime, but, uh, but I think that that's why I enjoy that type of like serialized, uh, shows really the serialized movie content. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I, I, I think that's why I like that so much is because you get to really dive into a world and if they're well done, of course you want to live in that world. You know, you want to live in game of Thrones for, for, you know, 10, 10 plus hours a season or, or, or whatever it yeah. is, but you, you kind of don't want to leave. Right. I mean, with like Breaking Bad and like Better Call Saul, which I actually like better than Breaking Bad. I think the humor does it for me. I love Breaking Bad. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think it can work. And again, it's just if, if it's told well and stretched, like not stretched out, but if there's enough content there, then, then I, I don't mind a longer movie so much. The filmmaking inspired the business, I guess you would say then. And yeah, uh, absolutely. What, uh, tell, tell me about how you first got into filmmaking. I guess let's go a little further back. Like what's your first movie? Like how'd you get your equipment and so on and so forth? Yeah, cool. Uh, I think it was, it, I, I think the, the major spark that 
did it for me was through skateboarding oh, and, nice. and skateboarding videos yeah. and, and making videos with my friends. Interestingly enough, I was never the one filming though. Oh, yeah. Um, my, my parents gave me a, uh, like an RCA high eight camcorder nice. back in the day. I think I was maybe like 13 or 14 <laughs> or something. And they gave me this camcorder and, and, uh, and it was a big deal because my parents didn't have a ton of money and it was, uh, it was kind of like they, I think they probably bought it with their tax return or something to film, uh, Christmas morning opening presents <laughs> and stuff. But, uh, they, they gave me this camcorder and I, so I immediately took it out and me and a group of friends, you know, we set it on the ground and started ollieing over it, <laughs> trying to get interesting and weird shots that we thought were cool. But, uh, but then after that, you know, into my like teenage years, I never filmed anything with skateboarding. I was always, I didn't really have much interest in filming skateboarding. I just had more interest in skateboarding with my friends. And then, uh, and then we started kind of getting into doing these like little skits because we watched, you know, the first CKY <laughs> and we freaked out and we were like, oh my God, this, who's this Bam Margera character? And these, these skits are so hilarious. And and so we had a we had a plan to get onto PBS uh, <laughs> by creating a show and uh, putting it on like public access or whatever. Because you know we we would see public access and we're like, good God, they let anybody on this thing. We can <laughs> we can totally do this. Except we realized that while we were filming these goofy skits, like with me getting hit by a chair or, or somebody chasing a fr another friend or, or doing some goofy stuff like that, that we were so nervous, we, we, we were like cussing the whole time. Oh, and yeah. once we started watching it back, we're like, good God, there's no way we can put this on public access. We'd have the whole thing would just be a long beep, you know? Uh, so you do the word substitutions like the old uh, afternoon movies. Totally. Like. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. So, yeah, so that was the plan. But I, I had a lot more fun making the skits than I did, like, filming skateboarding. I liked skateboarding more than filming it. Uh, and then, so that kind of, that sparked the interest in, oh, wow, this is cool. You know, we can we can make up things and write scripts and, and film them. So I started working on a on a... It, to call it a script would probably be giving it too much credit. It was a nine-page synopsis, really. It was a nine-page deal. I thought it was a script um, for uh, for a movie called Sunday Won't Wait. And it was nine pages long, and it turned into, like, an hour-and-a-half movie. Oh, wow. So each page was, like, <laughs> like really long. Say They usually say, like, a minute per page, right? That's, right, yeah. That's you. Yeah, for... Yeah, for well-written, well-crafted <laughs> movies. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was yeah. so much fun to make this thing. It, it didn't have, um, you know, it, like the story was obviously very loose on it and I didn't know much about editing. I mean, I was learning Final Cut 7 at the time. I was learning how to edit uh, on that movie and so I was watching, you know, video. I think it was like right around the time like YouTube was becoming a thing, you know, and like early 2000s, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, totally. So it was like very early on and the accessibility to just type in, you know, how to, how to do a transition in final cut seven was the ability was there. So it was, it was really cool to, to do that. And that was, that was the first film, 
the way that I got the equipment and the camera was kind of cool. I, I, I found a used Canon XL one or XL two or something like that. And, uh, and I found this used camera and it was for like a thousand dollars. And I, uh, went to my credit union and amazingly enough, got a loan for this thing. I have no, I, they, they must've just thought that it was adorable or something. They were like, Oh, he wants to make a movie. What was your uh, day gig at the time? I think I was in between jobs. Right. Well, no, I think I think they must. I must have been working for them to give me a loan. My parents co-signed for uh, it. That's okay. probably why. And it was only a thousand dollars. And they were like, you know, this kid, the Robert Rodriguez thing with the medical testing and all that. No, no, that would have been have way you, cooler. Have you read this book, by the way, not to distract. Uh, yeah, it's a great book. Rebel, Rebel without a crew. Rebel yeah, without yeah. a crew. I love that book. Yeah, I sure. loved the book well, a lot more than I loved his movies. Yeah, uh, I. Uh, that's an awesome book. That book was heavy reading for me while I was working at the casino yeah. and uh writing scripts and trying to yeah make movies that yeah. was that was a inspiration it was that and uh David Lynch's book Ooh, I didn't that's know he had a book. mainly on meditation oh, yeah. it's not a very long the TM one book yeah, yeah it's like uh catching the big fish or something okay something like that just kind of that but uh but yeah I yeah I'm I must have had some sort of crummy job at the time uh in order to warrant a bank giving me money but it was funny because i on the application you know it says like you know what kind of equipment and i put camera and i put the make a model of the camera and then uh and then it's like you know reason for requesting the loan and and in that reason i put i want to make a movie (laughs) so the fact that they gave that to me was pretty cool yeah and then and then once we had a film that came out on dvd which was Young Islands, which was the second film, uh, the entire bank bought like 17 copies oh, wow. of the movie That's on awesome. DVD. The The bank was amazing. So yeah. it's pretty cool. cool. That's, Good people. It's great to see a business that supportive of a creative effort like that, for sure. Yeah, no, it was really, it was cool. Yeah, it was very cool. And, and, and uh, yeah, it was like a local credit union in Evansville called Sterling. Nice. And they're, they're still there. They're awesome people. And I still have a bank account there. So they're good people. <laughs> so, you got your first couple of films. So how did the first one turn out? I think we kind of skipped like uh, the the nine page hour yeah. and a half <laughs> epic. Uh, it was it we we showed we just had one screening for it I mm. think, and the screening was at a library. It was at oh, Central that's, Library. That's cool. So uh, yeah, so libraries are just awesome oh, well, and supportive, you. and <laughs> and the ability for you know local creative types to to utilize the library is pretty pretty phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, it honestly like. And this will be the last thing I brag on libraries about. But uh, <laughs> hey, we love it. So. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, the really the library, the foreign film selection, the mm-hmm. DVD selection at Central Library was was like my film school. That was what I I would go there and rent whatever the maximum was. I think it was like six mm-hmm. or something at the time. And then they lifted the maximum, I think. And you could just rent as many as you oh, wanted, wow. which was insane. Yeah. We, uh, we upped but, ours. It's not unlimited, but it's pretty hot now. Mm, yeah. So they, they, uh, yeah, I think that at the time, I think you could rent six. And so I would go in and they had an amazing criterion collection, mm-hmm. uh, collection <laughs> selection <laughs> they uh they they just had so many great movies and i got really into like the french new wave oh, right. and and the Godard and the and and just in the Truffaut films that they had released uh, it was it was cool i i would rent a stack of six and i wouldn't watch all six i would i would watch you know like 
three or handful and then take the rest back and then rent the same three again. And, and just, I mean, it was, it was, it was so much fun to, yeah. to be able to dig into that selection without having to buy those because sure. they're so expensive. There's no way I could have afforded to, you know, $30 of criterion collection <laughs> movie. Yeah. How many movies have you actually made at this point? Oh, uh, let's see three, only, uh, three feature films, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but that's, I mean, if th- that's the thing is like considering that first film. Oh, I totally skipped over your question. Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the question was, how did it turn out? Is we had a showing at the library mm-hmm. and uh, it was, uh, I wish that we would have filmed that screening because oh, it yeah. was really wacky <laughs> and it was very weird. We got drunk in the parking lot because we were so nervous. We, somebody brought up a, a thing of wild turkey and we were out there drinking it. We were <laughs> really nervous about the whole thing. We 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 planned it as a mixed media event. So we had we had uh, you know a bunch of our friends who made artwork and mm-hmm. local artists hang up artwork throughout the space. Oh, that's cool. We had a friend of mine, John Thurgood, who made who, who who's a writer. He did this. He wrote a, a short story and taped up pieces of the short story throughout oh, the wow. hallway. We it was amazing. They let us do it because we I mean we did not know what we were doing at all. And we just, we were drunk and rowdy and people were just, you know, coming in late, stumbling over stuff. Somebody almost tripped over the projector cause it was in the middle of the space. Oh, wow. And, uh, that almost, that almost turned out to be a bad deal. <laughs> the movie almost ended prematurely, <laughs> but then we went over time and, uh, they were really, uh, but you know, the cop, there was a cop there and he was pushing us to get out of the space cause it went over time of, right. of course. Yeah. And I felt so bad, but we were, it was insane. Uh, that was the only screening other than the screening that you <laughs> were so kind to, to do here at unscripted <laughs> that we've ever had in the library. Yeah. But, uh, I think we're, we're more mature now. Right. Um, that we've, we've learned a lot. So <laughs> that, that first one I, I take as like a learning experience, the, the total, filmography uh would be you know young islands was was a feature film mm-hmm. different drum was a feature film mm-hmm. lottie started out as a feature film and then was cut down to a short yeah see I was, that's one thing i was going to ask you about and as we get into lottie we'll talk about that the mm-hmm. editing because i think the first time i saw it, it was like over an hour if i remember correctly oh wow yeah, yeah. okay so you saw that edit i, I did mm-hmm. so let's uh let's go ahead and jump into lottie now sure. that, now that we came to that this is the one I'm talking about that we're more concerned about than anything. See this mass right here in the frontal lobe. Concern over. See it's pushing on the brain. It's pushing on the Start with the plot and then tell me where the idea came from. Oh man, that's a harder one. <laughs> the plot. Uh, I'm 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 not great at plots, Wes. <laughs> uh, there the the I guess the synopsis i'm not even good with synopsis i i a friend of mine john thurgood the writer he actually wrote the synopsis that we used for the film because it it was so hard for me to even come up with like what the hell the movie was about i think it's a lot harder to um it's a lot harder to talk about a film it's easy to talk about the ideas behind it. Mm-hmm. It's easy to talk about the production. It's easy to talk about pre-production and post-production and right. all that stuff is so easy to talk about. I think it's a lot harder to talk about the, the, the story and like, 
and and or meaning of it i think yeah. is very very difficult but uh, but uh but what john wrote which was cool um is that he called it uh, a slow boil mystery uh about a uh a a laborer in his early 30s who's diagnosed with a terminal illness did he write the script with you? No, no, he didn't write the script with okay. me. Uh, he just, I, I sent him the film. Mm-hmm. He's a friend and I sent him the film after it was, uh, it was the long edit. It mm-hmm. was the full length feature film edit of the film. And I sent it to him and I asked, I just wanted to like, you know, see what he thought about it. And, uh, and just to, you know, as a friend, just to send him, you know, to show him what, what, uh, what I was up to. And he was like, oh, man, I, I, you know, I'd love to write a synopsis for this. And he wrote, wrote a synopsis that we used in our press kit okay. and that we used on the website. Yeah, that's probably the one I ended up with. Like that. It was on IMDb, I think. I grabbed that one for the event page. Oh, yeah, that could be a different one. Oh, it yeah. was, there was another uh, kind of synopsis slash review that was written by uh, Tommy Ellis over at News For You. Uh, okay. But there could be that one, too. Right. He wrote kind of a... I don't know if it's a full-on review or what he wrote for it, but it but he posted it on IMDb, so yeah, that sure. could have been that one. All right, cool. So uh, where did the idea for the film come from? Is it, how did how did that one hit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the you know the initial idea was to uh, the idea was to follow an early '30s uh, character through his or her life. Uh, after they learned that they were diagnosed with something yeah. with a, with an illness or a disease. And, and I just thought it was interesting the way, like, uh, the, the way that certain people deal with it by not dealing with it, mm-hmm. you know, head on. And, and I thought that could be an interesting concept. And so there were like, there were just sparks of ideas like of this character walking, uh, through different spaces and locations and sure. stuff. I, you wanted to, tell a story of someone who was afflicted with something. Did you know right away that that's what it was going to be? Or did you come to that later? No, that's a, just a great question. It was actually, uh, we don't mention it in the, it's not, it's not indicated what's specifically going on with them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's hinted at there's a, it's a neurological issue, okay. whether it be a brain tumor or something. Sure. Uh, but, uh, initially it was supposed to be, a, a it would have made it, much different movie out of it i think but it was going to be a, a sexually transmitted disease oh, wow. so yeah. so it would have like really changed uh a lot of the interactions and 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 the overall story mm-hmm. i i'm not exactly sure why it shifted sure. from that i think because uh i think it was it was like running the risk of being uh, like, I don't know, implying too much, mm-hmm. I think with the, w- with like a, a disease like that or of any type of medical issue related to like a, a sexually transmitted, you know, w- way of, of catching it or, or spreading it or getting it, it, um, it implies so much more mm-hmm. beyond just the disease or the issue or the medical issue. So I realized that by going in a different direction, that it was making it was making the 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 disease like a side issue. Right. It wasn't really the main issue of it, and it wasn't implying anything before uh, or after. Yeah, so. I think when you're vague about stuff like that, I think it's more interesting 
Now, there's a traumatic event that happens to this character. D- is it in the marketing, what, what, uh, the, the mystery part, I guess? I, can't, I don't want to give anything away to people who haven't seen it. I think there's a picture on your Facebook page of the, that kind of gives that away. I think so. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, was that always that's... a part of the story? The, and I guess you can name it then. So somebody's murdered. Right. And our lead character may or may not have done it. So was, was that always part of the story, or did you come to that late, too? Yeah, that's... Uh... It 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 kind of fell in maybe m- middle of the way through. Okay. I think so that idea kind of came came to to be a part of it. I I think it, there's definitely. I don't think that there's a plot with Lottie. I don't think, mm-hmm. but there is. There's there's more that happens to this character than in in previous films that I've written. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. No, I, th- I think there is. I, I think that I, I, it's I think you know, it's loose and that and being one of them. Yeah, I mean I think it is loose, but I think it, it works with the characterizations and stuff. It's it's a very interesting film to watch. Uh Cold Weather. It kind of makes me think of that a little bit. Have you ever seen that one? Cold Weather. No. Yeah, you should look that up. Uh, yeah. Aaron Katz is the director. It's oh. A, yeah, it's a really I th- I may be getting the title wrong, but I saw that I actually drove to Nashville specifically to see this movie. Uh it's, it's a mystery and it's it's kind of set in a smaller town and uh it's 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 interesting and it's I, I think based on this movie, I think you'd really like it. That's sure. cool. I, I've heard of that filmmaker Aaron Katz mm-hmm. before. Um, what do you recall? Anything else he's made? I, That's a he did Land Ho with Martha Stevens. Uh, Martha's okay. a, a director from Kentucky that we actually had in. Uh, she showed her film Pilgrim Song here. One of the, one of the first things I, I did here at the library was a screening of that. Wow, Wes, that's amazing yeah. because I uh, Pilgrim Pilgrim Song right mm-hmm. that. Film that's she's is she Louisville? She's from Eastern Kentucky originally. She doesn't live. Okay. I think she lives in Oregon now. But uh, a okay. lot of her films take place in Kentucky. She's her home home is in Eastern Kentucky originally. Yeah, I think that we the uh, the I, I'm familiar with that movie mm-hmm. particularly because uh, <clears throat> we we have some mutual connections oh, cool. in Louisville through the Louisville Film Society. Part of Pilgrim Song was shot in Louisville, so she does have some some roots up there too. I think. Yeah, and they were the Louisville Film Society has been very nice to um to us and to me as a director and to previous films that we've made they showed they showed young islands which was you know the first feature film that we made beyond the 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 very first Mm -hmm. uh nine pager that was kind of a learning experience kind of thing but um uh not to take anything away from it, it was a blast making it i learned a lot but uh, the, yeah, Louisville Film Society was very nice cool. about that. They had a really cool cinema up there called the Dreamland. Uh, it was in a, I think it was in like a old church, and they, oh, wow. they even had like the church pews for people to That's sit in. Awesome. And they projected the film. So it's just like an indie space. theater they have up there or something. Yeah, they used to. It was only, it only lasted uh, a short time because uh, it was ran by the Louisville Film Society. It was all nonprofit, hmm. and I don't know if it if it just didn't catch on or the people moved on to do other things. But, uh, but there's some really great people in Louisville doing uh, fun, exciting stuff. And they've, they've always been really nice to our films and we've shown some at their, uh, at their film festivals over there. Yeah. Flyover being one of them. So mom told me what happened. I freaked out and called the hospital, but I'm calm now. How, how are you? Are you feeling okay? Is there anything I can do? Yeah, just don't, just don't be weird around me, okay? What's your script writing process like? It's like, it's like driving nails into your <laughs> eyeballs. 
No, that's a little graphic, maybe. Uh, it's a, it's very difficult for me. It's not, uh, it's not something that comes naturally. It's I, I, I love the idea process, and then the writing process is the chore mm-hmm. for the idea process. I, I, I rarely sit down in front of a computer with just a blank piece of, you know, a blank page on final draft or whatever. I, I, I write in final draft sure. and that program is pretty amazing really. <laughs> uh, before that it was like word docs or pages documents on a Mac or something. It was yeah. atrocious, but, uh, but that, yeah, that program makes it a heck of a lot easier. It's but got it, all the, like the templates and stuff in there, I guess the script. That's one yeah, thing I've always yeah. I've brought this up on the show before. Like I've had ideas, but I just can't wrap my head around the the script format. It always mm-hmm. throws me off. Yeah, the script format is strange. It's uh, it it is a very uh, a very challenging thing to get used to mm-hmm. that format. And Final Draft is amazing at helping you shorthand that. You still need to have the knowledge of like creating that, mm-hmm. but you but it gives you it's a very fast process as far as like setting your transitions and, and shots and camera angles and so on and so forth. I struggle with that too on, on how far, you know, whether or not to write a script as a, as literally as a template for the film, or do you write a script that has creative flourishes of, Mm -hmm. of language in it too, like more like a short story or a, or a, or a novel. And that's, I've always struggled with how far to go in, in either direction. And the script that I'm working on currently, uh, I think, does a decent job of combining those two things. Whereas previously, it was almost always just a roadmap. It was very, very cut and dry. There wasn't any creative flourishes in the language at all in the script. I mean, if you were to read it, it would say, Lottie walks up to door turns doorknob do you script out all your dialogue or is that is that just improv or for lottie the little bit of dialogue there is there uh, was all scripted okay. yeah we uh did for different drum the film that we made previously that was more loose mm-hmm. we were on the road uh for a good chunk of it so it was very much the road film kind of uh vibe to it and that needed to be more loose i think mm-hmm. uh, especially for the way that isabella and zach the two lead actors in it the way that they worked best it seemed like was to just be very loose and uh and lottie was a lot more scripted yeah lottie was uh pretty much every there's i think there's only one scene that's cut out mm-hmm. that uh that was in the script that's not in the film which is surprising yeah how long was your script writing process for this? Oh, it was it was really fast yeah. because there, like time was uh, uh, time was restricted mm-hmm. right away because uh, the 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 initial idea for it, as we spoke about, was okay. Yeah, I, I was getting some ideas, some visual images of a thirty-something year old character who was diagnosed with something, just walking through spaces and and and. Uh, and so those were the visual ideas. And then I, uh, I, I heard from a cinematographer friend of mine who was coming back in town for the holidays. And he said, hey, I'm going to be in town over Christmas break. Uh, do you, you want to hang out? Yeah. I was like, do you want to hang out? What about make something? <laughs> you want to make a movie? And he nice. said, yeah, sure. So he, uh, he came in town. And, and so I, I think I had maybe a month to write 
uh, Lottie and to finish it up, uh, which like, you know, I was working a full-time job at the time. So I was like really trying to burn through it. As, this was as, before you had Blackstrap? Uh, no, it was, let's see. Yeah, it must have. No, it was after. It was just uh, I was also building fences at the uh, time okay. with a friend of mine who owns Before a fence you went company. Full time with Blackstrap. Exactly. Yeah, there was a transitional period where I was I was still doing uh, like manual labor, like building fences, sure. and then also uh, doing Blackstrap Media throughout okay. the week. So it was kind of a crazy time, really. But we, uh, but yeah, we. So it, the script writing process had to go fast. I didn't have any option with it. Yeah. Uh, because of Eddie Scully, who's a cinematographer, he only had, you know, he was coming in town. There was a finite period yeah, where he did we, such a wonderful job too. It was a beautifully shot film. I guess uh, let's transition over to making it then. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Like, tell me about like the shooting. Like, maybe mention the equipment a little bit and just mm -hmm. talk about working with him. Is, is is he someone you worked with before on your previous films? Yeah, he shot a uh, different drum okay. with us. Yeah, and um, yeah, it, it's it's wonderful working with him. Mm -hmm. He's he's doing great work out in LA now. Oh, he's, cool. he's been out in LA for about five years, I think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he does like grip and electric work out there on mm -hmm. sets. And he's worked with, uh, some really impressive right. directors and, and he does a lot of like YouTube shorts. And, uh, uh, he just recently did a, uh, between two ferns oh wow Zach Galifianakis so <laughs> love that it's pretty that's, cool that's one of my favorite online shows it's a uh, it's a hoot yeah for sure yeah. um the location like you really like I, I guess it's all shot in Evansville I didn't recognize every location uh, yeah it's all sh it's uh, pr predominantly okay uh, there were some locations here in Owensboro actually oh great the, yeah the office space there's a uh, the doctor's office uh, location was set up by by PJ. Thank yeah. thank goodness he came through in the clutch. He Fe featuring Winsboro's own favorite son, Eric Huskinson. Yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> Eric is. Oh my God, that guy is amazing. Yeah, amazing. I love Eric. Did you storyboard at all, or did, was that just done on the fly? We we didn't storyboard, but we had a a, a, a pretty extensive shot listing okay, uh, cool. period where the two of us would sit down. Eddie and I would sit down, and we would shot list. I think we shot listed the entire oh. film out. And so we knew, we knew visually what angles we were going to get before we even mm -hmm. went to the locations, which was kind of cool. I mean, we previously, we would work on the way that we've done it in the past. And I have no idea if this is how like bigger productions or other indie productions operate, but generally the way that we've operated in the past was we would shot list once we got to a location like mm -hmm. at the, in the morning we would once we arrived at a location we'd shot list then this time we we tackled it right out of the gate right whenever he got into town we had a pre-production period of like i think maybe a week or so mm -hmm. where we were able to like really dive into the script shot list everything out the script had just been completed so it like the timing was really tight and we shot listed everything out. We'd go through the script and, and just make notes and, and maybe some rough ideas of storyboards, but we knew exactly where the cameras were going to go or the camera was going to go. Mm -hmm. We shot with one camera. We don't, we didn't do two cameras. Were these locations picked out ahead? Like, did you know, like from other movies or did you just, there are places you're familiar with just through your work or, or like, how, how did you go about finding these random places you, you shot at? Most of them were planned, uh, in the script. Most of them were planned in the script phase, mm -hmm. uh, and 
we were able to get most of them. The only thing that we didn't know where we were going to shoot was the doctor's office. And thankfully, uh, we called in a favor for <laughs> with PJ and, and he was nice enough to, to help us out with that. But most of the locations, yeah, we knew, we knew what we were going to use, where we were going to use it. Whenever I was writing the script, uh, you know, it was it was very helpful for me to think about these locations and most of them were around the house that we that uh, where you know my my family and i were living at the time so it was almost like within walking distance we utilized our backyard we utilized the street that we lived on we utilized the bar that we would go to the peephole we utilized uh yeah, certain streets and things that I've grown up on and, and you know, within neighborhoods where I've lived. So. Probably uh, another benefit of your business is it gets you more familiar with the town. So you might see like a cool spot that you can use eventually in the movie. Oddly enough, uh, that's a, you know, that's, you would think, you would think that, uh, but, you know, I think it's weird. I've, I've lived and grown up in Evansville. Mm-hmm my whole life I've never lived anywhere else never even really considered living anywhere else except maybe New York one time until I went there and I goes oh yeah no thanks <laughs> yeah. uh but I most of the time whenever I think of like locations and stuff it's always from my childhood it's uh-huh. not like it's hardly ever from places that are that I think are cool now it's right. like it's except the bar that yeah. we would hang out in but other than that it's it's mostly stuff that you know, was traumatic at childhood or, <laughs> or left an impression or, right. or I used to hang out there a lot or something. I don't know. Uh, interesting. One, one thing we missed, like casting, I know you're, you're the main guy. Did you always know you're going to play the main, main, uh, Lottie? Yeah. yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a, uh, n- no. In the beginning it was, uh, I was trying to think of who could play Lottie and, uh, he needed, you know, this character needed to look kind of rough and not, uh, look very glamorous and, <laughs> and also timing was a thing because you know to ask a, a local actor to be able to take off for a two weeks solid for a shoot mm-hmm. is pretty tough you know most of us most of us and most of them have full-time gigs right. so it was going to be really challenging to find an actor who could be there every single day with us and uh and again my wife emily was like hey why don't you just do it you <laughs> you know this character more than anyone else and you you know and my 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 initial gut feeling on that was oh my god i couldn't <laughs> do that because i'm gonna edit it too and if i'm editing it i'm just gonna cut myself out of the movie right. it's like hearing your everybody's their own worst critic right for sure yeah. and it's like hearing your voice on an answering machine you just want to oh, i struggle out with the podcast editing too oh really yeah oh, yeah. yeah it's it's a difficult thing What's really interest, I think, or maybe the only interesting thing about that is that the opposite happened, mm-hmm. and and I, because I was in it, uh, I didn't cut my, I didn't cut scenes out. I, I I think I like overcompensated or something. I I thought that I would cut out too much, mm-hmm. and then once it came down to it, I left a, a lot of stuff in that I shouldn't have, and then that's why the film went from a feature length to a short film. Because yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, so I know when I, I think I first saw it at the Alhambra Theater Film Festival. Oh, yeah. I think it was like an hour and six minutes, right, originally, somewhere in there? That's right. Yeah, it was yeah. 66 minutes. Yeah. Man, your memory is on point. <laughs> uh, so, job, yeah, bro. let's... So 
was that the sole reason for the the change in the in making it a short? Did you uh, I don't know? Did you go back and just kind of reevaluate things? Yeah, it was. Uh, the, no, that screening was fine. <laughs> it was uh, it was a cast and crew screening mm -hmm. that uh, after. Yeah, it was a cast and crew screening after, and I realized, oh my god, this is. Uh, it, it's amazing what all, what like the whole public viewing thing is interesting at the Alhambra where it showed and where you saw it and it's in its full length. It was, uh, it, it was such, I mean, I was just so excited for it to show. I was so excited for the other films that were playing. I was so excited just to be there that I didn't, I, I didn't like look at it too critically. And then, um, uh, you know, I was just kind of in a daze for that screening. And then whenever we had our, cast and crew screening after that because a lot of people didn't make it to that festival after that then i realized oh you know as we were watching it with the cast and crew i realized that there were so many shots that that drug on which which were intentional in the very first edit the the idea was to to let shots really linger with the film and really mm -hmm. let them breathe for an extended period of time almost awkwardly so but because there were so many scenes like that in a row that it lost its impact. Oh, it yeah. started out the way that I was intending it. And then it slowly felt like it was not being intentional that way. It felt like it was accidental. Mm. And then, so during the cast and crew screening, I, you know, I was leaning over, uh, I was leaning over and whispering like that, that doesn't work. Does it <laughs> like, this is not working the way that I was intending it to work. And, and then, so I went back in and, and chopped out a good 20 minutes or so of it. And I, uh, I felt a lot more comfortable about the film, but it was a real learning lesson too, sure. because the running length, the running time on it now, it, it just makes it even more, it, it's even more of a problem, I think actually, which is a, you know, a technical thing that like, you know, could be interesting or could not be interesting, but it's, uh, but it's actually, a, a, it's actually a hindrance at the length that it is right now. Since it's 45 minutes, it's, it's tough for programming. It's right. really difficult for film. Festivals. It's kind of right on the cusp of not being a short, I guess, but it is right. Yeah. Uh, most film festivals consider that a short, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, film festivals, they want to show most of the time, they want to show as many films as possible. Sure. You know, they want to cram, the, the more films and the more variety that they can program, then the more people are going to hear about their festival. And then the more people are going to tell their friends about it and try and get people involved and, and to come to these screenings. So they try and get as many people sure. uh, accepted every year as possible. Lottie being 45 minutes long is really an awkward length because it's, it would be between Lottie 45 minutes or five 10 minute films, right. you know, so for programming, it's a really challenging thing. And I didn't even think of that. I thought that it was actually going to benefit the film yeah. because we could submit to a bunch of short film festivals right. that we weren't eligible at the 66 running length. Uh, so it's a, it was a serious learning experience, yeah. uh, on, on how the festival circuit works.
with unscripted, like that's kind of right at like 30 to 45 minutes. It's kind of where we try to stick since we show the movies twice. Like usually oh. cause like, uh, we, we've done features, but when we do those, we can only show about 30 minutes of it and because of the double viewing. Yeah. So yeah. that's it. That's really interesting, mm -hmm. man. So it works perfect for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you're showing yes, it. Then. Yeah. And the only other movie that I think we've shown that's that long a wedding like that was about 45 minutes too. And it worked out really well. So oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Anything yeah, beyond great. that showing it twice. I think I don't know, the audience, we might lose some numbers uh oh yeah, yeah i bet yeah. i mean just showing it twice anyways is is really uh is really interesting i i i could imagine that uh i mean for for film buffs and for people like us we're like i i would you know i i watch commentary tracks all the time yeah, I, I love that i, I don't I, I don't do as much as i used that. to but I, I still am a fan definitely with like the marvel stuff i try to watch them and the disaster artist commentary is priceless you should definitely check that out does, it's that, does that have what's so on it yeah it's tommy greg and uh james and dave franco and the two script writers newsteader and i forgot the other guy's name but yeah they're all on there wow. it's, it's it, it basically turns into a long form interview with Tommy and it's, they, they really like to give him a hard time. <laughs> so does, uh, uh, shoot, sorry, the chair's loud. Um, oh, does, uh, was Seth, Seth Rogen? He, he wasn't on the commentary track, but he, he was, okay. Yeah, he, he's, he's got a pretty big part in the movie. I don't know if you've seen the movie. Yet. I haven't seen it it's, yet. It's out on Blu-ray. So you should, you should definitely, definitely check that out. Oh yeah. That's awesome. I, I wanted to see it. It, it uh, I, I was so happy and surprised to see that it got a wide release. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it was in Evansville at every theater and it yeah. was, it seemed to be doing really well. Yeah. And it picked up some award recognition and yeah, Greg, Greg's yeah. a good guy. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. He's, he's, he's a great guy. Heck yeah, uh, good for him. Yeah, for sure. Two week shooting, you said for, for Lottie. Yeah, it was two weeks with, uh, two weeks with Eddie. Mm -hmm. The, the production of it was two weeks. Mm -hmm. We had like a week pre-production. So he was in town for maybe close to a month. Uh, for Christmas and um, but yeah we the the production was two weeks with Eddie and then we had to do some pickups mm -hmm. with uh, with Lavender Timmons who's the producer on the film and it was amazing because she was <laughs> operating camera <laughs> operating boom wow. running the slate all at the same time I mean it was it, it was something to see really it, it it really for the pickups you know like as you're making that kind of like indie film where the budget was uh, $800. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, you really can't tell from looking at it. It looks wonderful. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. I and appreciate acting, that. Every, everything. It's, it's very high quality. That's, that's wow. $800. That's it, impressive. It was an $800 budget. And I'm, and, and it's almost funny to <clears throat> type that into any <clears throat> like film freeway or without mm -hmm. a box or any profile like that, that you're creating it. They always ask for budgets. Like mm -hmm. what was the budget of this? And I always lie and say $10,000 <laughs> just because I mean, $10,000 is tiny too, but yeah. at least it's has a comma in there. Right. You know, like if I just put $800, they're probably not even going to like <laughs> look at the trailer, let alone watch the whole movie. That's a good point. Yeah. But those, uh, those are all like, just for listeners who might not know, those are all for film festivals, how you submit through Film Freeway and stuff like that. Right, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Film Freeway is way better than Without a Box, actually. It's, yeah. I love that uh, way of submitting. Your first editing run, how long did you spend with it before you actually did a screening? I think it was, <clears throat> I think it was maybe six, maybe like a six month editing period, mm -hmm. something like that, uh, because it, it, usually and this is the way it's been for the for the few films that i've made 
is that it's after production it's just such a it's like uh it's it's pretty exhausting mm -hmm. so afterwards it's nice to just breathe for a month or so you know and usually go back to work or <laughs> find a new job or start building fences again with with my friends or you know however it was to do that or with Lottie it was jump right into Blackstrap Media stuff again because right. I essentially took a took a, a break from Blackstrap Media while while the you know Blackstrap Media was still going with uh, with Christopher Simon who uh, who was basically like running it while I was doing the Lottie stuff uh, it uh, you know I had to jump right back into the commercial side of things and right. to, and to kind of get Blackstrap Media up and going and and kind of you know get that business uh, profitable so whenever I jumped into editing it was it was nice because I, I did have like some time mm -hmm. there where I was able to think about some other stuff and then come back to it and start editing the uh, the process yeah the process in total like after we wrapped to that first full length edit was probably six months yeah. what uh, was Alhambra your first screening like first public screening or it was yeah, yeah Alhambra was the first so Alhambra was your first public screening yeah it was yeah Alhambra was first and then Mayday was second, Mayday was second. Yeah. and was it after Mayday that you did the edit uh, the new edit or was that in between Ah, oh, I don't know. That's a good question. It must have been, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. That's a, man, that's a fine question. I, I, it must have been, it must have been between, which is weird because there's not that much time. Right. I must it's have like close. really jumped in there and, yeah, so and chopped that stuff that out. That was my next question. Last how year. Long, but how long the... That was my next question was how long you spent with it the second time. So yeah, this has been pretty, pretty quick. Um, yeah, it was a very quick. And I, I, after that casting crew screening, I knew exactly what needed to, <clears throat> what exactly what needed to come taking out Taking notes of. with the flashlight in the screen. Man, I, I, if I had a pin, I would have yeah. been, I mean, I was, I, I knew, I knew exactly what didn't work about it and, uh, and what I needed to, uh, to take out, to, to make it, uh, kind of flow the way that I initially intended it to flow mm -hmm. and you know taking I don't know I, I I I value public screenings now and I value the the uh the the whole previewing process uh I used to not you know I used to be really insecure about it and I used to um be very uncomfortable about the idea of people seeing the movie but also uh, but also like how I would feel while watching the movie with other people, right. because you, if you have, you know, if you have close knit of friends or, or anybody who worked on the, the production, it, you invite them into the editing bay and you show them a cut of that film, you will immediately know what doesn't work. Right. You'll, anytime you get sweaty and you <laughs> feel uncomfortable, you know, that scene is not working yeah. for you. Are you still a final cut guy? Oh yeah, I love Final Cut. Cool. Yeah, even after their disastrous Final Cut 10 <laughs> or X or whatever you want to call it, right. uh, they have done a lot of updates to it. And mm -hmm. yeah, we use that commercially. We use that in our office. Okay. So we cut on Final Cut for commercial projects. And and yeah, I I love Final Cut. It's awesome. Sweet. All right, that's usually where we stop. But I will ask you. I know you said you had a new script you're working on. Can you tell us anything about that, or you want to keep that uh, under wraps for the time being? Oh no, yeah, I could totally. Uh, it's 
it's uh, I'm I'm at a stage right now that is like I don't know if it's like a one of those stages that people would maybe say like a writer's block moment oh, or yeah. something um, or just a, a lack of ideas moment but they're the kind of the story arc of the film is is there mm-hmm. and and most of the ideas are there it just really needs a lot of polishing and it's uh i'm really excited about it because it's stepping into um stepping into like a genre territory for me which is strange i i think lottie was like you know dipping my toe into like you know it was close to a plot Mm. dipping my toe into like maybe a mystery kind of thing. And then, and then now this next film is kind of taking a, you know, a big jump into what, uh, what a, what a genre film for me, uh, could, could be like, you know, what, like what, what, uh, you know, our group of friends could produce a genre film. I don't know. I, I'm, I I love horror films. Mm -hmm. I've that night of the living dead is, uh, is a film that's like really important, special to me. I, I, George Romero's kind of right. uh, now you've got uh, Jordan Peele doing Get Out. It's kind of a more socially conscious horror. I, I'm I'm fans of that. A fan of that too. Yeah, that's really uh, interesting. I think, uh, and then also that uh, you know John Krasinski's film that was, was a great movie. Yeah. Phenomenal, yeah. man. A Quiet Place. Yeah. Oh my god, that movie was so good. I there's a it, it's it seems like horror is an interesting genre again it, it's always been interesting you can't not have horror interesting it it you're you know there's blood and guts and gore and and terror and fear and uh you know murders usually it's it, it's a it's a genre that's like it's always interesting right. even if it's bad interesting it's yeah. still interesting and uh and I, i've yeah i love night of the living dead and that film has like uh we we've we put it in every one of our movies. It's either in the background. It's in a, it's, it's in every, every film that we've ever made, uh, that I've ever written and directed night of living dead is in there somewhere. (laughs) And, uh, and it's because George Romero's filmmaking. And, uh, I just, I love the independent nature of, of not living dead. It was, it was a film that, you know, that inspired so much, I think, because it's, it's like, wow, look at this entire world that you can create with hardly any money yeah. at all. And you can, you can create this entire world. Uh, uh, and he did so well with yeah. it. Did so. you ever see primer Shane Carruth's movie? I've heard a lot about it. That's another it. like super, I think he made $1,200 or something like that. That's another one of those you couldn't tell yeah. from watching it. And he's, he was like a mathematician or an engineer of some sort. He's just a total genius. And he decided to leave that world for filmmaking. And now he's making these super complex movies. It's a time travel movie, but it's a very realistic time travel movie. And yeah. there are like timelines drawn out, this clone, that clone, and there's all this crazy stuff. There's a lot of like fan, uh, fan posting for that online. It's definitely one you should check out. Did he also make... Uh, did he also make uh, what was it? A film called like a, a color upstream something? color upstream yeah. color. Yeah, wow, that's that's, that's, too. that's a really interesting film. I saw that one. Yeah. I, I didn't see Primer. That but one's very good too. They're they're both great. But I think he had more money with the upstream color. But he yeah. pretty much financed it all on his own. I, I want to say it's twelve hundred, maybe two thousand. He made it with that, and it's it's wow. such a great film. I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of great things about it. I I really I, I need to see that for sure I, I know upstream color was was super interesting whenever yeah. i watched it and and uh yeah so i need to go back and watch sure I need to go 
back and watch it. Well, all right, Kevin, thanks so much for talking to us today. Looking forward to the screening tonight. Imagine